0: You ever get to watch a movie or read a story and there's some particular character in there. I know you guys know I love zeroing in on characters. But in the, the fictional realm, you read about a character, you see a character and you're like, I know exactly what that person is going through. What's running through their minds is they're on the screen or on the page. One of my favorites that really caught this idea for me. It was a book I actually read when I was Andrew's age, and fortunately this year I had the chance to introduce it to him. Um, it's called Bridge to Terabithia by Katherine Patterson, uh, and there's a scene in there. It's, ironically enough, a, a, the story revolves around a class of fifth graders, and Jesse, this boy, is hearing this new girl, Leslie, tell what it's like to scuba dive, and there is something that is so just drops you right into it in the way Patterson wrote it. It doesn't come across quite as well in the movie. But man, I heard what's going through young Jesse's head as he's hearing this story of what this girl is like exploring realms that he has never even thought of going into. It's like, I know exactly what he feels like hearing that. Don't even remember exactly what it is that connected me to it. But I'm like, I get that. It's one of those things that writers, that directors go after in their art, in their craft, is finding that connection between a character and the audience, or the reader and the audience. And today, we get to to explore a story that has the same kind of connection, hopefully the same kind of eureka moment for you. Now, I get... There's gonna be some of the details that are not quite going to match up as far as um, perfectly being able to, to relate. Um, guys, I'm, maybe you've never asked a lady to glean your fields. Um, ladies, I know that's a stretch of a detail. It comes up. Ladies, maybe you've never fallen prostrate before a guy. That is, well, I'll just leave it at that because I'm smart. But if you're a Christian, there is, I'm confident that this story is going to have a connection to ours. However, the details may decide they're going to work out. The story comes, it's probably, I think, one of the best Valentine weekend Passages. I think this one even trumps Song of Solomon as far as a Valentine theme that really does well. It comes from the book of Ruth. This is going to be chapter 2. We're going to start with chapter 2, verses 8 through 13. Hear this story from God's word. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter. Do not go to glean in any other field or leave this one. But keep close to my young women. Keep your eyes on the field that is being reaped, and follow behind them. I have ordered the young men not to bother you. If you get thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. Then she fell prostrate with her face on the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your sight, that you should take notice of me when I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told me and how you left your father and your mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. May the Lord reward you for your deeds and may you have full reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Then she said, may I continue to find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, even though I am not one of your servants. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Unfortunately, this is one of those that I want to say, today's passage is the book of Ruth, because it really is all one story. And so I, I had difficulty trying to find out which slice of this story do I want to drop us into, and it is one, I mean, it's only four chapters long, I think, so I'd highly recommend, in one sitting, try and read through the whole thing. Maybe take you 20 minutes. So, But we're dropping uh, a chapter and a half in, and so let me give a bit of context, because that really is necessary to to get where Boaz and Ruth are in this story. It starts out to know, Ruth ain't from around here. All right? This is all taking place in Bethlehem, which is up here in Israel. Naomi, her mother-in-law's native land. Ruth happens to be from across the pond in Moab. Now, people from this side of the pond and this side of the pond, that's the Dead Sea and the Pond, People from either side, they don't like each other. You read Judges 3 and you hear of the conflict between these two sides. So Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, had moved to Moab. Her son's marriage; She became a widow. Um, Ruth and her sister became widows. And then Naomi says, you know what? I have nothing left here in Moab. I might as well just go back and live my desolate life back in my homeland in Israel, in Bethlehem. And Ruth pleads to join her. Let me come with you. Let your people become my people. Let your gods become my gods. She's willing to to go all in. I'm making a journey to a land, as Boaz says, that you did not know before. Now Ruth, just to lay it out there, the strikes that are against her making this journey, she's a woman, she's a widow, she's childless, she's a foreigner. Even worse, she's from an enemy foreign land, not just a garden variety foreigner. She's leaving everything she knows. The odds of her making it in Bethlehem living anything more than the desolate life that Naomi had resigned herself to when she gets back to her her home country and and all her friends are like, hey, Naomi, great to see you. It's been a while. And she's like, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. My name, you know, because I've just got bitterness. That's the life she had resigned to. And there's not a whole lot that says Ruth ain't going to end up in the same kind of boat. And I doubled down on this idea. I'm really hammering in on it because it's going to help, as we see, to make the connection between Ruth's story and the Christians. And they finally get, Naomi resigns to having Ruth join her, and they get back up into Bethlehem, and, you know, first thing you need when you're going to move into a foreign land, you need food, for starters. You ain't going to last very long without that. So Ruth goes gleaning in the fields. Basically picking up the scraps after the harvesters. The people the harvesters, or the crews would come into the fields and, and collect all the grain, and you know, <laughs> grain being what it is, you don't get every last kernel of it. So some of it would fall in the, the trails of the ground, and the gleaners would come and clean up afterwards, if you will. It was actually one of those things that was built into the law as a a mercy to the downtrodden. This was actually required. When you reap the fields, and reap your harvest in your field, and forget a sheaf in the field, don't go back and pick it up. Don't go back and get it. It shall be left for the alien, the orphan, the widow. Sounds an awful lot like Ruth right there. So that the Lord your God may bless you in all your undertakings. They even went so far as as to command that the edges of the fields don't harvest those. Yes, it's yours, but glean from the middle so that the outside can be left for those who are downtrodden, who are poor, who are the aliens, the fatherless, the widow. Ruth is a primo candidate for such mercy. And while it ain't dignified work at all, it at least, when you need food, She's like, I don't care about dignity right now. I need something to eat for me and Naomi. And so she does it. It helps to make ends meet. But as she's faithfully trying to get the food for her and Naomi so they can physically survive, the chief of the harvesters, Boaz, is looking across the field and something about Ruth, something about this new face behind the gleaner, behind the harvesters catches his eye. And Boaz said to his servant, who was in charge of the reapers, to whom does this young lady, the young woman, belong? The servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, she is the Moabite who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. Might even say it was love at first sight, even from a distance. And Boaz is like... It'd be kind of cruel if I Facebook stalk her, but maybe if I can get a friend to kind of tell me what's the 411 on this lady, what's going on, what's her story, but you can tell there's something he's attracted to. In that opener of, as he finally gets up the nerve to have a conversation with her, he says, my daughter. Boaz said to Ruth, "Now listen, my daughter, do not go and glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women." That's though we often use the phrase means something biological, and I promise there's not a some deep dark Greek meaning to this word that I'm going to try and embellish for you. Daughter is daughter, but it's a term of he says it as a term of endearment, as a term of there's a place where I'm learning to care for you. And think about, many of you guys have, um, have children. There's all, you, My son, my daughter, is not a phrase you throw around cheaply. Right? It's reserved for a very select people that you care about in a, in a very deep way. I mean, whether, they, whether it's a biological relationship or any of the other ways that parent. Daughter-son relationships can can form adoption. Maybe it's even just somebody you care, a a younger person you care deeply about, as Boaz is doing. Boaz asks her, don't glean in another field. I know there's plenty of options out there. Stay with my field. Stay with my women. Now, they're not courting yet. They're not dating yet. He hasn't asked her for dinner and a movie yet or anything like that. But he's asking for her loyalty. For her to basically go all in on his field. His a place where he might be able to see if this love at first sight thing grows a little bit. Now hear this from Ruth's perspective for a second. She And Naomi, they need food. There's a place, maybe I get it. it It's like, Boaz, I can't date right now because I'm trying to not starve to death. I got things I got to take care of before I can worry about a relationship. Great as it is, that's a little bit creative license, I know. But Boaz is like, you know what? There's other fields. Yes, I get it. But stay in mind if the conversation ended there, maybe she ends up in a bit of a pickle. Because she might think, and I don't think she does, given her response and her character throughout this story. She starts to think, well, what's in it for me? Well, she gets an answer. And in character, Boaz is very gracious about it. So, guys, take notes. He knows her backstory. They need food. They've come from this foreign land, yet he asks for her loyalty. He says, essentially, I want to be the one to provide. I want to be the one to take care of you, my daughter. This person that I, this lady that I am starting to have feelings for. He says, follow after my harvesters and. Glean, you know. <laughs> He's not going to put it quite this way, but yes, gather all the cleanup stuff that you, that you can. Even, even so, more than that, he goes to the harvesters. He's like, hey, guys, there's this lady that I really like. She's going to be coming up from behind you. I want to take care of her. Drop a little bit extra. Get a little clumsy and let some more sheeps fall to the ground so she has some extra to pick up. Take care of her. She wants to have enough for her and Naomi to make it day by day. That first day, it's like she walks off with 30 pounds of grain, enough to last her and Naomi almost a month. Far more than she had hoped for. Boaz goes further than to just say, hey, let her have some extra food. Let her have some extra grain that she's trying to gather together. But he goes to those who may... um, think, well, this is a foreigner. What's she going to do? He says, don't bother her. He says, don't go there. You're going to be answering to me. You don't want to answer to me. Maybe he's got a cousin from New Jersey. I don't know. But it would have been nothing for the men to abuse her. Maybe even, God forbid, rape her. She's a foreigner. What's she going to do? She's got no recourse in our land. Bo says, nope. Mm, That no bueno for you, he's looking out for her. Hang on to that. Before he even has a conversation with her, he's telling the men, careful. Be, Be upright around her. Boaz shows her goes even beyond that goes shows her a unique hospitality take a drink whenever you want now this is remember this is desert land this is happening in Israel it's field work it's hot there's something about it that is probably pretty physically uncomfortable and leaves you with the dry mouth and you know she's part of the labor force essentially So this hospitality is huge. But it doesn't end there. He doesn't just say, hey, if you're thirsty, you have access to my well. Go and scoop some out, take a drink. But he says, if you get thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have already drawn. My guys will do the labor for you. All you have to do if you're thirsty is go and take a drink. Definitely not a privilege that most gleaners are going to get. Here's the one. If guys, if you write down anything, write this one down. Boaz treats Ruth like a queen. I know this is going to be, this slide is going to be the death of me. Because you all are going to check in with Rach next week and be like, hey, so Brian said treat like a queen. Tell me he got the coffee order right on Monday. Boaz is floored. Literally. I know, as long as I get the chai tea latte, I can cover up a whole lot of queenishness. But Boaz is, or Ruth is floored, literally. Literally. why have I found such favor in your sight? I'm a foreigner. As the guys are probably figuring, what's she going to do? I've got no money. I've had nothing to offer you. The NIV even says, I don't even have standing as one of your servants. How is it that I'm finding such favor in your eyes? But he gives, it gives a taste of her character. Contrast that idea with uh, heaven forbid today, where you know, people might not receive such kindness in this kind of way, but rather if you're not treating somebody like that, they're going to bite your head off. How dare you not treat me like a queen? How dare you make me draw my own water? Give me from what you already took. Let alone give thanks for unmerited kindness. Yes, I'm actually. trying to use some of those writer skills and foreshadow, drop some of those phrases that will hopefully help you make that connection between what's happening here in the world of gleaning and um, fields and what we experience as Christians today. Boaz responds. How have you found such favor in my eyes? Boaz answered. All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told me, and how you left your father and your mother and your native land and come to a, came to a people that you did not know before, forsook everything you knew to follow Naomi to the land of the one true God. Now, just as the aside, notice she's probably not, she's probably all this has happened. This conversation about, you know, let your people be my people. Let your gods be my gods. is happening between Ruth and Naomi, across the pond. And yet, when is watching, her character still comes out, still gets noticed. And now, it just happens to be Boaz, across the pond, who says, yeah, that character that you thought was just showing up between that conversation between you and your mother-in-law, I know about it. And I honor him. It. it says, you came, you left all you had to come find refuge in the land of the one true God. And it ends up being that one true God who ultimately is protecting her. The same way that that one true God orchestrated how Ruth just happened to find amongst all the fields to end up in Boaz's field. It's actually a common teaching in the Old Testament, in the Psalms, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. That phrase comes up a little bit later beyond what I had read in this story. In the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge until destroying storms pass by. And God shows a mercy because she was willing to choose protection, his protection above all else. Boaz shows mercy for the same kind of reason, not because uh, Naomi, uh, not because Ruth earned it or, or merited it. Maybe it's why she was surprised at such a showing. Can you see maybe some of the ways that the Christian story starts to connect to Ruth's? I'm going to do a little bit of an experiment, if you will. Indulge me here. I'm going to read the same story, but I'm going to use entirely different passages across the entire breadth of this book. And See if maybe some of the phrases and the passages that maybe you do recognize a little bit faster than you might recognize some of the specifics of Ruth's story. See if they catch your ear a little bit. Let can you throw them up with me? He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall fear the Lord your God. Him alone you shall worship. To him you shall hold fast, and by his name you shall swear. The Lord said, do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. But who am I? what is my people that we should be able to make this free will offering for we are aliens and transients before you as were all our ancestors now the lord said to abram go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that i will show you and he said to them truly There is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not get back very much more in this age and in the age to come, eternal life. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge until the destroying storms Pass by. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, all that is within me, bless His holy name. We love, because He first loved us. Let's pray together. Lord, your love, so incredible. The fact that you offered it before you even entertained a conversation with us. That you saw us like Boaz did from across the fields and said, I want that one. Yes, you. And you did so much. Offered your son while we were still your enemies. Offered the empty tomb to clear out all that would separate us from you. Lord, Lord, Help us to just fall in love with that. To fall in love, not with the gifts, but with the giver. With you, the one who deserves our love more than anything this world has to offer. All this we pray in your name. Amen.